0: The real world is analog, and we know that transforming analog signals into digital world, you lose some, some data. But it's really about the definition of problem solving, if you have a complete data picture about the definition things. I mean, if we don't consciously address biases, we will not have AI as a robust, fair, and trustworthy systems.
1: Welcome to a brand new episode of our podcast, Human and AI, Mind, Machines in the Gradient Sand.
2: Thanks that you tuned in again to geek out with us over the relevancy and application of AI and its implications throughout the enterprise world. We are Agnes and Uli moderating today, and we're super excited to welcome our today's genius mind, Guanya Su from Siemens Energy. Gwenya engages in the field of change management, diversity and inclusion, and organizational development in HR, and has seen almost all places in the world, from Abu Dhabi, Peru, China, Colombia, even Karlsruhe was a stop worth to take. We are so excited to learn more about his perspective on leadership ethics, which is impact-driven, growth-oriented, and fun. For sure, we'll have some fun in the next minutes. Wanya, we're super happy to have you with us today and that you're taking some time to be the guest in our podcast. How are you and where do we catch you today?
0: Hey, hello. I'm in Munich, my home office. How are you both today?
1: No, very good. Good uh, Um Thanks, very good. Obviously, everybody is still, you know, captured by the pandemic, I guess, but uh, trying, you know, being positive but testing negative, I guess, right? So, Guillaume, we, we, we've we met a couple times, actually, in, in the lab, had some engagement, right? And actually you seem to be a, a world person, I would say, right? Your Your Vita shows quite some experience and quite some signatures on the topics, agility, diversity, right? But maybe for the audience out there, can you give us a bit of small sightseeing tour <laughs> through your journey? You know, who are you and, and how do you end up at Siemens and Siemens Energy nowadays, I guess?
0: Yeah, sure. I can also say that I'm a global citizen. Indeed, agility, diversity and change management are the topics I spend a lot of time in my career. But as a kid, I actually thought being an astronomical scientist would be a cool job. Instead, today, I'm a change program manager. More specifically, I'm working in the organizational growth team at Siemens Energy. I grew up in north of China, in a small city with 3 million people. Coming to Germany was mainly for study at the time. But you never know what comes next, right? Meanwhile, I've been here for almost 20 years. The path to Siemens started with the topic enterprise agility you just mentioned. It was one of my research projects with the Siemens CIO office. After that, I joined the in-house management consulting of Siemens. And I was fortunate to move to the global headquarters, mainly in corporate development and HR functions like people and leadership. During the past years, I also worked for the global initiative diversity management by designing change strategies and leading implementation projects. You see, I didn't become the astronomical scientist of my childhood idea, but I do enjoy a lot of my projects in Siemens. Here I had great opportunities to see how applied science and technology positively impact people's life. That made me absolutely passionate about people and technology.
2: In your position in People and Leadership, you initiated the Unconscious Bias Program. How would you explain bias to our audience, and what does this have to do with leadership?
0: Maybe I'll try in one simple sentence. It's about a false conclusion based on incomplete picture. In the cognitive sense, it's an unconscious thought pattern. Maybe a personal example. A couple of years ago, I used to have a workshop with some colleagues in Stuttgart. We had dinner at the restaurant. One time, the waiter brought a bottle of beer to our table and asked me, who's the beer? In a quick reaction, I showed him towards the only male colleague next to me. But maybe you can guess, it was a female colleague who ordered that beer. There was an, a kind of association between beer and men in my head, unconscious. Thought pattern. That was quite a biased moment to embarrass myself. The interesting aspect of cognitive bias is that it's often triggered by our unconscious mind, which tries to help us quickly judge a situation. You know, neuroscientists say that the human brain constantly receives a lot of information we cannot deal with. So, to save energy is normal for the brain. So skip the work looking at each individual every detail but instead looking at a category in which individuals can be assigned so later i understood no need to feel ashamed to have unconscious bias it's normal for humans everybody who has a brain has bias including people like you and me leading a team, leading a big organization, or leading an AI project. But bias is the trickiest thing, right? So in terms of leadership, consciously addressing biases help us increase decision quality, be fair, be more convincing, and engaging with people who might follow your leadership.
2: Wow, very interesting. Can you give us an overview of which cognitive biases are out there?
0: You might have heard of survival bias, which is concentrating on people or things that have survived and overlook those who failed. A typical example is that kind of general success theories. They say, hey, look, successful people do this, so you should also do this to be successful. But they don't tell you the missing part of the story, that there were also other people who also did this but they were not successful. Maybe another example, a type of bias is called confirmation bias. Sometimes people stick to their opinion and they tend to select only information which support their views, but ignore those non-supportive facts, even unconsciously. So for example, you mentioned uh, COVID-19 pandemic. During this time, we can observe how many people can only see things they want to see. So experts have identified more than I think 160 different cognitive biases, also including stereotypes about people in terms of body mass, attractiveness, skin color, religions, or social status, like people's income, education background, or job title. When biases Become important impression or even implicit criteria for judgment, they can make people very emotional because nobody wants to see stereotypes influencing decisions against them, right? Regardless in workplace, in medical treatment, in society like reputation judgment by your neighbors or friends.
2: Since AI is based on fact driven data processing, can we expect AI to be less biased or at least the impact of biases being reduced here?
0: Well, it's two sides of the coin. In some well defined closed systems, for example, for financial investment or stock purchase, AI is doing a great job. But phenomena in other open systems tell us that biases out of AI are deeper than we think. Let's look at search engines, typically driven by AI technology, right? If you do an image search for the keywords, professional hair style, the pictures returned are overproportionately white people. Whereas if you search for unprofessional hair style, the pictures are over proportionally black people. You can try other keywords like, CEO, professor will find further social patterns there. We can argue if it represents the reality or not, but the result association there can implicitly promote social biases in people's mind. Another example, a U.S. high-tech company used to build an AI recruiting system. It observed patterns in CVs submitted over a 10 year period. The system taught itself that male candidates were more preferred. It penalized CVs like including the words like women, women's chess club, captain. The system even downgraded candidates of the two all women colleges there. It shows that algorithm fairness is a system-level topic in the workplace. And maybe some words about big data, which is increasingly linked with AI. You all use Twitter, right? Some of us might still remember a famous AI chatbot on Twitter, launched by a software giant some years ago. This AI chatbot was based on learning from other users' posts, but it was shut down within 24 hours, because right on day one, the bot started spreading racist speech. AI is a chained machine based on historical data. If data is biased, AI is biased. In this case, we say, garbage in, garbage out.
1: But it's super tricky, right? So um, obviously, uh, if you're talking about bias or the, some aspects in, of bias in AI, let's say of the data representation, we mostly talk about data incomplete data challenges, right? It's like, hey, this is not real world. We assume the data you've had in, right, reflects somehow the real world, Right. And then, you know, you have this aspect of algorithmic bias. So describing systematic and repeatable errors in, you know, in systems that create somehow unfair outcomes or it seems to be unfair to, you know, to a yeah. subject, subjective perspective. But, I mean, how do we cope with that, right? Will we reach ever, you know, some kind of status where we have a complete data set? I doubt it, right? So how would you approach that, right? It's super tricky, isn't it? It's, it's not that easy. It's, uh, you know, we can inject such great large scale, you know, data sources, and you may still not reflect the real world, but how do you cope with that?
0: I think we will never have exact data reflecting the exact real world. The real world is analog. And we know that transforming analog signals into digital world, you lose some, some data. But it's really about the definition of problem solving, if you have a complete data picture about the definition things. I mean, if we don't consciously address biases, we will not have AI as a robust, fair, and trustworthy systems. Thinking about the development of AI or maybe even some solution approaches, when developing an AI system, for example, driverless car or facial recognition, you name it, Many companies rely on people crowd workers to label images for training to reflect the real world into the data. But sometimes the workers use AI-powered bots to do the labeling work. Now remember the chatbot we just mentioned. Without bias check, AI can deploy biases at scale. It's a kind of amplifying effect of biases. Secondly, sometimes People say, my gut feeling is, so in psychology, gut feeling is a phenomenon of unconscious heuristic, a kind of black box. And here is the area where solution may come into. This black box is a kind of difficult to open because you present a judgment without explaining how you get to that judgment, right? In AI, it's the same phenomenon, of black box. It's very hard to figure out if an algorithm is biased or fair, even for AI developers. So it is definitely wise to open the AI black box already during the development phase before it's too late. I think in this direction, the EU has proposed some solution approach by kind of regulatory proposal, for explainable AI. Mm-hmm.
1: To trustworthy the AI guidelines by the European Union, yes, uh, including explainability as one aspect. Exactly. Of it,
0: yeah. Uli, you mentioned the for whom we develop AI. We have seen products from automated hand sanitizer to phone cameras, which did not work always with some social groups. For example, darker skin users, right? On a good day, you can quickly fix them by learning from your competitors, if there are any. By the way, there is a Chinese phone manufacturer with around 50% market share in Africa. One of the secret ingredients is, is camera, calibrated for darker skin tones. But on a bad day, emotions of social groups can really cause a huge financial loss for you. So here, Diversification of use cases, diverse development teams, and anti-bias testing are the trend, and can really positively impact the development of AI.
1: Absolutely agree. There's also quite some drive, right? The one aspect is you know we teach and um, we train systems, right? Making data-driven um, systems, and and obviously we don't. Do that just to have a data driven system, but in actually to make a data driven decision making process, right? And if you want to have a data driven uh, decision making process, your aspirations are mostly then in automation. So it means like we are moving more into data driven automated decision making process, sometimes with human oversight, sometimes in the future, also even more. Automized, right? So a bit more autonomy in these systems, these <laughs> data-driven systems. I don't know if you if you read the, the book on Weapons of Mass Destruction by O'Neill. She makes quite some, obviously a bit of edgy and quite some stories about you know the points of you know where combination of algorithms and, and data, you know, and its application, insurance, education, policy thing, right? And all the flaws these systems actually, you know, and and this amplifying of in, qualities, right, have an impact on that, right? From your perspective, are we on actually the wrong track? As fascinating as it is, but and the wrong trend but track by transcending somehow further to this automation of data driven things. So moving further down the data driven society? Or is it the right track but we need more guidance?
0: Well it's, um, I think it's really about differentiation of the automated, data-driven decision-making system. I mean, in, in some context-specific areas, to solve well-defined problems with a closed system, I mean, the data-driven process is really helpful to give you the good recommendation, right? To save your, your, your time for different options. But the tricky one, as you said, is really the flaws of such systems. When you try to generalize them in a different context without checking the quality, checking the algorithm, or really the complete picture, as you mentioned, then it's tricky. I think it's always a little bit two sides of the coin to see the development of technology. There are times where we need to improve, 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 improve. And then sooner or later, we have a kind of milestone to say the is there and we are so clear about the context, so we are so sure about this one and the development of direction is definitely the right one. So I think we will see it more clear picture in the, in the future.
1: Yeah, in many cases, right, in machine learning, um, somehow it has has a great potential in reducing what's, what's the human subjective interpretation of data actually is, because these systems are optimized, identifying also, you know, what variables are actually needed for an specific output, sometimes even wrongly correlated, but they have quite some obviously optimization in that, right? And we have this predictive accuracy, which is kind of nice, but um, and also have this, this correlation. And on the other side, we see this super large language model currently, right? Um, a lot of aspects called BERT, like these language model fueling by search engine for engine, as you mentioned, GPT-3, like a contribution from OpenAI, shows impressive and actually super awesome results in multi-modality, but it also shows quite some, you know, this language model, some super flawed (laughs) representations and correlations, you know, and totally bias and correlations, right, gender, race and so on, right? But they are still now fundamental in most commercial search engines, to be honest, right? So they they are still used there. So are we in the danger that machine learning will outsmart us with our own crappy biased data because they crawl the entire net, you know, a future or is that not a thing to step? But we need to be more sensitive on the amplification of these technical system and be some mitigation scenarios for that. And if we need mitigation scenarios, do you have a somehow? Can you share your view on what could be viable instruments, but for corporates to mitigate that, or is it? Is it enough, hey, we have compliance, we have data privacy, hey, we are good to go, right? So what kind of mitigation instruments do you foresee that, you know, corporations can foster um, to mitigate bias in these technical systems or in the interaction with these technical systems?
0: Let me try to catch the first question of you, Uh, will AI outsmartize humans in the future and especially in consideration of our own flaws there. In closed system, if the problem is well-defined, the AI is really doing a bad job in the data processing because our brain has limited energy and capacity to process information there. But when it comes to the generalizable intelligence in this sense, it would hugely surprise me if we'd experience AI outsmarting humans in this life. And here's the why, AI works in closed system with clear defined scope rules, explicit possibilities or data. For example, AlphaZero has achieved within one day of training to reach superhuman level in game playing is impressive. So our human flaws you mentioned there cannot really do it. But for new situations or any new rules added into this game, which are not predefined for the program. It is not a starter. Generalizable intelligence without flaws is the transferability across contests. Assumption of an intelligent person in one game to another is feasible, but same assumption on alpha zero is obviously not true. And the second reason why humans are still vastly outperforming AI, although we have our own flaws, is our fundamental innate capabilities, which are we are born with, right? Like curiosity, imagination, you name it. Empathy, creativity. Humans ask the why questions. We can reason in the face of inconsistent information, we feel the emotion of others, we create art and music beyond calculated patterns, and we apply patterns as well across domains, disciplines, and cultures. And These implicit capabilities help us pass natural selections and flexibly cope with open-ended systems, full of new possibilities. It's amazing how a child grows up during the earlier years without any structured trainings. And I think this is another kind of approach of solution we can think about it. What kind of initiate capabilities we need to build into an AI system so that it works in the right way. And I think this idea can be transferred to the corporation or to organization as well. What is important to embed in the AI system or in the AI product we're doing to have the right initiate capabilities to deal with changes, to deal with a kind of open system. I think this is really highly challenging areas for AI.
1: So somehow, in I think with 1968, Pablo Picasso, right, was given his perspective on computers. Urban legend says, right, and he said, like, he wasn't impressed at all because he said, computers are somehow useless, right? They can, they only give you answers, right? Because he sensed the the beautification of asking the right questions. This is something super tricky, right? Um,
0: I mean, I'm, I'm, this is where human beings are kind of unique no? which questions you are able to ask
1: mm-hmm. but are there specific uh, mitigation instruments you would see a corporate needs in terms in, in mitigating is it training only is it compliance or is it a mixture are there, are there specific mitigation instruments you you foresee in instruments um, in, in, in organizations
0: yeah I think trainings uh, awareness is important to that people in a community like AI developers understand the potential of impact of biases. Regulation is also a thing that can help to give you a frame. So so that you you, you know that the best practices say that these things shouldn't should not be done in the AI system, then actually there are experts there and say this is the best practice and please take this as a regulation or or incorporate Rules there, but there's always a um, advantage, a disadvantage, right? Because if you have super many regulations there, it's really reduced the as well from a product. But I also think um, the direction keep human in the loop. You know, really when you develop things there to really try the capabilities and also the things that humans have uniquely into the AI development. And also from organizational perspective, I think the multidisciplinary approach can really help develop more robust AI products because the AI development is never ever only computer science topic, right? In the organization, you have people who have insights In psychology, who have insight for other areas. And I think this is definitely an area that corporations can do more and more in the future.
2: We mentioned earlier that you initiated the unconscious bias program. Can you explain to the audience how your unconscious bias program supports people with these challenges that emerge in the development of AI solutions?
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, I hope that bias-related practice we have in Siemens communities can help develop more trustworthy AI from both technical and beyond technical perspectives. And technically speaking, the Siemens unconscious bias program gives you the knowledge on typical pitfalls caused by biases. It helps identify categories of data points you need to add to improve performance in AI solutions with fairness. And we know that AI solutions are not only about technology, the way it is people who make AI work for people. So the program content includes many case studies and neuroscientific explanations about the people factor. So as I said, it reminds us keep people in the loop when developing AI, embed anti-bias testing in algorithm, reduce misunderstanding between people and AI, and foster this kind of cross-domain development approach. But beyond the technical aspects, I really recommend the unconscious bias program to all creators of AI product, including product managers, sponsors, developers, and even data providers, etc. because it increases the kind of awareness at organizational level within the groups. All creators can use healthy, common sense, and ethical value to judge what is fair and what is good to implement.
2: If our audience wants to explore more about biases and AI, do you have any recommendations for them?
0: For human biases in general, I recommend the Implicit Association Test. It can be easily found online at Harvard. There are also good intro videos and trainings about how to cope with biases, like the ones from the Royal Society or the German Scheffsager Initiative. In terms of building trustworthy AI, I suggest a book Rebooting AI by Gary Marcus and Ernest Davies.
1: Yeah, he's a famous one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I read that. <laughs> quite, quite an edgy Twitter beat, but uh, I love his uh, the course. Yeah.
2: Super interesting. Well, your program is really successful. It actually won the Global HR Award in 2019. Congratulations for that. What are your next goals?
0: Hey, also, thank you, Uli and Agnes, and your entire team in AI Lab. Your support during our campaign helped AI communities understand the relevance of this topic as well. So we will definitely make the knowledge and experience available for broader audience, I mean, it was a good start that more than 230,000 colleagues in Siemens communities have participated in this program. A good basis kind of organizational awareness. So the next step is really about deep dive and its applications. For example, for specific communities like AI product managers and developers, actually all leaders of digitalization, right? And since I'm now working in Siemens Energy, I will definitely help design strategies and implement measures to reduce potential impact of biases in the workplace, for example, in terms of leadership and people decision systems.
2: Wonderful. We are almost at the end of this session. Thank you for being with us today and sharing your exciting insights. But before we finish this episode, we want to play authentic autocomplete with you. Let me give you, for the closing, a couple of sentence starters, and you will finish. Are you ready? Sure. Siemens is?
0: A fantastic place to experience how industrial technologies impact the world.
2: Diversity is needed because?
0: We need a broader view to make the world better.
2: My favorite quote is?
0: If you trust yourself, the only limit is the sky.
2: Corona has taught me
0: what is the priority in life.
1: she, Shishi, hopefully that's the right word for. Thank you so much for your time. Um, it's, um, I, I have the feeling, I think, and I have the need, actually, that we need to continue talking. You know, and the implication on, on bias, unconscious bias, uh, also you know, fusing the world for human, human and technology, and it's so so needed. And I think it, it will be even more needed in the future as you know, AI, and machine learning eats the world uh, <laughs> throughout the digitalization efforts, right? And therefore, we're super thankful that you you spend some time with us and sharing your thoughts on, you know, on on, on this topic.
0: Yeah, same here. It's a fantastic topic to cross different domains. So also, thank you from my side. Very, very interesting topic. And I would love to enjoy some more talks with you guys in the near future, I hope.
1: Yeah, in the near future, folks out there, stay tuned. There is a lot more to come. Stay bold, committed, and open-minded. And we hopefully and definitely hear us at the next Siemens AI Lab podcast. Thanks. (laughs)